Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Before we do get stuck into this video, we had the great Timmy Williams come in and join us the other day to go through the Canberra Raiders 1-17, which you're about to have a little look at. I will just point out that, uh, of course, in typical Guru and Tim Williams fashion, Zach Hosking, he signed about eight seconds after we finished recording this podcast, so that was good fun, sort of throws a bit of a spanner in the works. Would have been great if Tim's uh, doppelganger would have signed during the podcast or before it, but of course, wasn't meant to be. So do keep in mind when we are having conversations about the second row and whatnot, obviously we weren't aware that Zach Hosking had signed with the club. And I'm sure in the time that I record this and it gets out to you guys, something else fucked will happen too. So keep that all in mind. At the time of recording was about a week or so ago. So we would have Zach Hosking in our 17. He probably gets a bench spot and it probably clears up what the future looks like for the Raiders in that second row spot, uh, replacing Elliot Whitehead after this season. I hand it over to Tim Williams and that other handsome devil that's in this studio as well. Take you through the Raiders, best 17. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, coming to you once again from the CBA Centre of Excellence. We had Matty the Waterboy in over the last few days, uh, doing the South Sydney Rabbitohs and Sydney Roosters Best 17, and it was good to have a young bloke in here, you know, coming up from reserve rate, getting an opportunity, but we've got an established first grader joining us today from the nation's capital, the King of Kuma, T-Rex, Wim Tilliams, Timmy Williams, welcome back. Welcome in, actually. Welcome in, yeah. Good to, to make the debut at uh, Roo Studios. Yeah, it's coming together. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's very exciting to be here. looks good. A few few iconic images across the walls, which I'm sure will be shared to the Roo faithful over the next 12 months. But, yeah, excited to be here and, and talking a bit, a bit of footy. Yeah, you, uh, you went for a very brief walk through uh, the Museum of Guru. Uh, what was something that stood out to you in the studio? There's, a, there's an old school rugby league guru, I suppose you'd call it a, a canvas, the old school Roo logo. And, and fan uh, art. Yeah, the fan art. And yeah, you've got uh, Freddie Fitler, Darren Lockyer and Joey Johns on it. Joey Johns is in the middle of the boys and I think it's that – from memory, 06 Joey Johns, where he comes back and he's got that just dirty little mini mullet on him. <laughs> and I was like, the fact that you've encapsulated that on it and chosen that hairdo, very small, but I loved it. 
It's Cessnock jelly. Yeah, it is. I love on that image too, the little details that go into it, uh, that Joey's ass is just slightly bigger than everyone else's. Yeah. Fucking unreal. Yeah. The, the same era that he got, uh, same year just about, that he got laid out by Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah. Yeah, jeez, wasn't that a day? Oh, God. Miss me with that. Fuck. Now, mate, uh, we've got you in today to talk about the Canberra Raiders uh, and their best 17 heading into 2024. Um, 2023, you made the top eight. Uh, I think your I think your biggest winner of the season was twelve points or something, which it just symbolises who the Canberra Raiders are. You you know for everyone that wants to give them shit out there and all that sort of stuff, you're a tough, gritty team, which is one of the things that I love most about rugby league. I, I love having a team like the Raiders in the comp that you 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 almost don't know what you're going to get every week, but at the same time, you know exactly what you're going to get every week. Yeah, and they're, they're a great team to support because. They put in, they've got so, so much ticker. They're a long way from being the most star-studded team, especially now that Jack Whiten's gone. You know, you flat out naming a star in that side. We've got, you know, a bloke like Joe Tarpany, one of the best front rowers in the world, Josh Papaliti in the twilight of his career. A lot of very good footballers, but it's a gritty outfit and it's it's Ricky Stewart to a T, isn't it? Yep. Exactly what he was like through his career. A tough-as-nails footballer who was just an absolute competitor uh, he's got a, a squad of 25 to 30 of these blokes. So, look, we'll get into it shortly. It's, you know, there, there are a few question marks over the roster, but whether we make the eight, whether we miss it, you know that they're going to put in. And, and you know, that sounds like a, a cliche, but there are teams in the competition where you know that they'll fold under pressure and at certain times uh, the Raiders won't. I think when I look at the Raiders, mate, over the next two years, I think it's a huge transitional period for you guys. Um, as you said, you've built that grit over the last five or six years through, you know, guys like Papa Lee, Whitehead, even Jordan Rappiner. Like he's a little bit unorthodox, but he's tough as fucking nails and he goes at it every week. And I think that heading into the future, there's Tarpanay, there's Horsbrough, there's Hudson Young, the big three for me in the forward pack. But I think when I look at the outside backs and with Strange, Chevy Stewart, some of these guys coming through, you, I think Ricky Stewart's going to have to change and adapt his brand of footy which I think you'll have the tough forward pack. But if all goes well and all these guys kick on like we're hoping, Matty Timiko as well, fuck, you could have an exciting back line. The definition of a transition period yep. over the next one to two years in particular because the blokes, the three that you mentioned there, Rapana, uh, Whitehead, Papali'i, blokes who are likely in their last 12 to 24 months in the NRL, if it, probably two of the three might be certainly the next 12 months retiring. And they're the blokes who have typified, as said, grit and what the Rays have stood for. But we do have the younger brigade coming through and, and the signs of, of guys like K.O. Week, Chevy Stewart in recent years, that's Ricky Stewart's blueprint for the future. And it's exciting. It's somewhat concerning yep. because we need them to succeed. I think, you know, a few of the names you mentioned there are forwards. And I think our forward pack's in good shape. And we've got, as we have for a number of years, plenty of depth we need points, the Raiders. We need X Factor. We've lost Jack White now. And between, you know, in between, in particular, you know, Strange, Weeks, um, Stewart, a lot of attacking upside, but they're young. They're entirely unproven. So we need them. We need them to hit the ground running in the next. Look, you're not going to put too much pressure on them. I don't, not going to say necessarily 12 months, but certainly the next 24 months, the next two seasons of rugby league. 
Because if they don't, there will be a bit of a panic. But look, I'll, I'll throw my faith in Ricky Stewart and the squad to, to get the job done. I think as well, like being a transitional period to hopefully a more attacking side, I think you just simply need to do it because as much as I respect the Raiders for how they've played the last two years, mate, like you look at the Penrith Panthers, they play six weeks of finals footy. You play 27 weeks of it. Every week is on the edge of your seat just trying to find that little bit extra to get across the line. So I think it's time for a change. And I'm super excited to see how Ricky Stewart goes. And, like, Ricky Stewart teams are always tough and whatnot. But, geez, when you give him talented guys, like, I think back to that early Rooster side he had, they're one of the most entertaining sides I've ever seen. So I, I cannot wait to see how it all develops with these young guys. And I guess starting with the young guys, we'll talk about the fullback jersey, mate, which is probably one of the more interesting races, I guess you could say. Um, Chevy Stewart. Xavier Savage last year, Seb Chris, jumped in there and did a very good job. Um, did a much better job than I thought he would, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I think Seb Chris, I think it's time to look elsewhere at fullback. you got the two young blokes there. Obviously, one of them's played a bit of first grade, Xavier Savage. Chevy Stewart's come down from the Cronulla Sharks a couple of years ago. Looks like a young superstar. Where are you sitting at the moment? There's a lot of... I've seen predicted teams for the Raiders out there, and they have Seb Chris at fullback. And as you said, I was one of the biggest doubters of Sebby Chris when he got moved to fullback last year. I was just like, you know, how are we going to put points on? How's a bloke who has played in the outside backs for basically his entire career going to fit into this really unique role in a football side? And he did it tremendously. He was so reliable, ran for big metres every game, safe under the high ball, but you can only go so far with Seb Chris at fullback. That is not a knock on him. Uh, I think he'll make the move back to centre this year and I'm excited for it because I think he'll have learnt so much from his time at fullback. And yeah, happy to have a, a centre pair of him and Matty Timiko. But if we get back to the fullbacks, looking at our entire squad in general, now Jack is gone, I just, we need some X factor. We need some points. And Chevy Stewart spent some time in New Wales Cup last year. He's touted to be one of the, the next bigger products in the NRL, an exceptional talent. Pre-season watch will be huge for him. If he can hold his own in the trials, and I'm confident that he can, I think he gets the nod round one. And that excites me as a Raiders fan because you sort of sat there last year going, where are the points going to come from? Where are they going to come from? Chevy Stewart, he's got so much upside and attack to him. Uh, and on the flip side to that, Xavier Savage, who we saw only in bits and pieces last year when we did, was largely on the wing. Got a bit more size about him. Learning the craft. He's another young talent. <laughs> If Chevy isn't ready to go, Xavier Savage has he's one of the quickest players in the game. He scored that incredible finals try against Parramatta two years back off a scrum, off the Raiders 20, where you just went, wow, how good could this bloke be? The options are exciting, and I cannot wait to see the battle between them two leading into round one, but I'm leaning towards Chevy Stewart. I, uh, I personally, this will sound strange to people, I don't think Chevy's ready yet. But I would go with him. I think it's the way to go. I look at the Brisbane Broncos a couple of years ago uh, when they were really struggling. That a lot of guys in that side that, in my opinion, weren't ready. Um, and I look at you know how they went through that shit time and they've come out the other side, much better footballers for it. And I think for Raiders faithful out there, you just and I know it's a throwaway line on bloke and a bar, but you are just going to have to be patient with some of these guys because it will pay dividends. Uh, Chevy Stewart would be the direction I'd go as well. That segues me to my next question. If you're going to go with Chevy at fullback, does the X-Man potentially get a look in on the wing? Who are your wingers at the moment? 
Well, Jordan Rapiner will lock down one wing. Yep. Uh, reliable, big work rate. Again, whether he, he plays beyond 12 months uh, doesn't matter for now because we're looking at the 2024 season. I think he'll play one wing. There are a few options for the next wing. There is Hopawade, there is Nick Kotrick, who had sort of fallen out of favour a little bit last year. We saw Ricky Stewart certainly towards the back end of the year. Hopawade, who was coming back, I believe, from an ACL injury, uh, was the preference there. Uh, then you throw in Xavier Savage. Can he play on the wing? Maybe. I'm I'm locking in Albert Hopawade for round one. Xavier Savage needs to prove that he can come in and do a job defensively on the wing. As I said, he's maturing, he's growing into his body, he's a bit bigger now, so which will be vital for those kick returns, the yardage coming out of our own end, especially if we go with a smaller bloke like Chevy Stewart at fullback. That's where you go, all right, can they have him and Savage? What's our yardage going to look like? Seb Chris at centre will be valuable to that. Um, but the bigger, stronger body of Hopoade probably makes sense with uh, with Rapana to partner Chevy Stewart in the back three. Um, that being said, the speed of Xavier Savage, if you can get his defence right on the end of that back line, you give him an inch, he is gone and away. So, yeah. look, with with a few big trial games, there's no reason why he can't jump into that spot, but I've got Hopoade there ahead of him. Yeah, I, I've got Hopoade and Rapana there at the moment too. I think they're the two best options. Um if we get to the start of next, the one thing I hope Ricky doesn't do next year, whether it's Chevy, Xavier Savage, whoever it is at fullback, if it's not working or they're struggling, I think you just got to give them time. I personally don't want to see Jordan Rapana land back there. You just feel like it's one step forward, two steps backwards. It's achieving you, you nothing, do. realistically. And, and even like they did it at the back end of last year, and Seb, who'd been there, quite, who'd been quite good there all season, and they moved Rapana back then. Seb went back to the centres or or the wing wherever it was. And it's like. Where are we going? Yeah. It's like, cool, you might be solidifying something slightly to make a push for week one of finals, but you know, you want to see growth in your football team. And you know, whether it is Stuart there or Savage, I'd also like to see Ricky Stewart say, look, whoever he goes with, you've got the first eight weeks. The first two months, you're not getting dropped. Yeah. You know, you don't sit there a lot of people sort of sit there and say, look, you've got the first half of the season or you've got the whole season, this spot is yours. I get that, but at the same time, you know, you, you love to see transparency between a coach and their players. And if they say you've got half the season there and then they go out and they stink it up for two months, well, then they go, oh, my word is that I said he's got the spot, but I can't persist with this bloke. Yeah. Then they drop them and they say, well, you said I was there for the first half of the season. But I think eight weeks is a realistic time frame where they can go, you can trial it, they can make their errors. If it's not working... They've had enough time to, to have a proper crack at it. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd like to see him give them the first sort of two months' worth. Yeah. Even if it's Origin 1. Yeah, Origin 1. You got until that, that 11, 12 yeah. or something. Mate, the centres, um, I, I don't know if there's much to say here. I think these two pick themselves. I think Matty Timiko is a genuine strike centre in the NRL. Went and played for the Kiwis at the end of the year. Held his own there. Was very good. Seb Chris played fullback last year. As you said, the experience would be great for him. And I thought when he moved back to centre, he looked unreal in those couple of games. Had a hamstring injury, yep. I believe it was. Um, he actually scored one of the tries of the season for me last year at centre. Got it down the left side and... Yeah, I think he scored in the right corner. It was mental. It was insane, yeah. So. I have a feeling that was the same game that he did his hammy. It was. It was just after and that. And it might have even been the first game that he moved back from fullback to centre. Yep. And he just killed it. And he's going, yes, how good is this? Defensively, uh, I'm hoping yeah, – it sounds a bit silly because you make about three tackles a game at fullback. But he will have learnt so much about positioning, yep. seeing it all unfold from the back. 
Matty Timiko, rock solid defender. I'm hoping Sebi Chris, and I expect him to be quite solid there as well. Really powerhouse, centre pairing, and it's exciting. I like it. You, you, your centres, I'm actually really confident that they'll do a job. Yeah. I really like both of them. Um, 5-8, this is going to be very interesting. Um, you've obviously got K.O. Weeks, who's arriving down from the Manly Seagulls. Got a bit of first-grade experience last year. Um, I don't know how you felt, Timmy, but to be honest with you, I was very high on K.O. Weeks. I thought he was very underwhelming in his games for Manly last year. I was actually shocked how underwhelming he was. Um, going to a new club, though, new opportunities. Um, you know, up at the Manly Seagulls, he's not the first player to struggle, so... Mm. Maybe it's not a KO Weeks problem. I'm excited to see him get down there. The other one is Ethan Strange, uh, who came down from the Rooster system a couple of years ago, uh, played centre in the New South Wales 19s, and I think that's where most people have seen him. Watching him come through the juniors, I think he's more of a 5'8 than a centre, so I'm excited to see him get that opportunity. Which direction are you leaning in? Just looking up, Ethan Strange, checking his age and all, and all that sort of stuff. I know he played New South 19s last year, but... You know, I've always sort of last year or two among bloke, guru, playbook, that sort of stuff, considered myself one of the, the younger brigade in the rugby league community. <laughs> when I look up Ethan Strange, he was born in 2004. I'm like, dear Lord, yeah. could be the first time I've ever started to feel old. <laughs> he missed the Olympics by almost half a decade. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, so in terms of that one, very interesting one. I, I'm with you. I was disappointed by KO Weeks. Maybe there was an unfair expectation on him coming in because of all the hype. And it's it's easy to forget that they are kids. They're coming in to one of the toughest sporting competitions in the world yeah. where veterans of the game who are twice their size are out there to smack them and shake them up. Uh, that being said, some can do it, some can't. Not saying KO Weeks can't, but I was a bit disappointed in how he performed there. Chopped and changed between sort of 5'8", fullback. He was utilised in a few different positions. I think utility as well there for a little bit. I think KO Weeks at this stage, again, I, I, I would be surprised if Ricky Stewart knew which way he was going to go because I think he's got two blokes who trial games will mean a lot for. You know, there are a lot of players in your squad that will play limited minutes over the trials because they're like, we know they'll be good for round one. We know they locked into the team. I think Ricky's going to want to see as much of these two as he can, particularly their combinations in-game with Jamal Fogarty. Yep. Leaning towards Weeks, are we convinced that Weeks is a 5'8 and not a fullback anyway? Because I was sort of, from what we've seen of him so far and what I'd heard was leaning towards him being more of a fullback. That's probably a little bit of a query as well. But then we look at Strange as well, who was very good at centre in New Wales under-19s and has been for the Raiders in, in lower grades. I don't think either of them are necessarily out and out 5'8". It doesn't mean they can't be crafted into it, but a lot of question marks. I think Weeks is an interesting guy, as you said. I think when he actually came into first grade at first last year, he was playing a bit of utility. He was coming on playing a little bit yep. of nine, and I just kept looking at him going, fuck, you look like a fullback to me. I thought the same. Then he got his opportunity at fullback, and I'm watching him at fullback going, mm, are you a fullback? <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced, so... I and if he did play five eight last year, I don't recall. I don't remember him playing five eight. I'm not sure what Ko Weeks is yet. And I'll, from watching Ko Weeks, I don't know if Ko Weeks knows yet either. I just think I, he knows he's a talented footballer. He's got something to offer. I personally think Ethan Strange is the more out and out five eight out of them. Well, remember last year we were looking at, at periods there, particularly over Origin, if DC was getting a rest or you know shoes should have been chopped and changed. All sorts of things were going on. We we're expecting Weeks to come in and, and potentially play five eight, and they'd go with like Cooper Johns. Yeah. And that concerns me. 
Big time. No, nothing. Yep. Cooper Johns loved the bloke, did a great job. But as a bloke who was touted as one of the next, I shouldn't say stars of the game, but promising futures, and he couldn't get a start there. And, and we're going into round one, potentially our starting 5-8. He would come out and kill it, and I hope he does. But, you know, in, in a squad that already has question marks over fullback with young blokes, you know, our hooking rotation is solid at best. It's a worry. Yep. However, between the fullback 5-8 spots, we've got a few options. Young blokes with a lot of potential. It's exciting. If Chevy is the one and he's gone for the very young option there, do you think that hurts the case of Ethan Strange to be the 5'8"? Do you think Ricky, if he goes young in one of them, he might look for just a little bit more experience in another one? Or do you think they're all just sort of even playing field? I think pretty even playing field just yeah. because K.O. Weeks, albeit slightly older than Strange, he's not much older. He's still in the, in the early stages of his career. Yep. Ricky Stewart has traditionally... He's always gone for a bigger body at 5'8", if he can, and the better defensive options. If the push comes to shove and, and he's chopping and changing his ideas, he's always tended to go for that bigger body, which at this stage, weak, strange, again, trials. Yeah. Whoever holds their own defensively at 5'8", in the trials, will have a massive role. One of them could set up three tries and score one, let three tries in. The other one could... Score one, set one up, be solid defensively. I can Ricky Stewart goes with the defender because that's just the way he's gone in the past. Yep, I agree. Which brings me to my next question. And I've heard, well, I think we've heard it, little sniffs here and there. Seb Chris, any chance at that six jersey? I refuse to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I, I just. Definitively no? I would never say anything definitively around Ricky Stewart. <laughs> Stewart. Ever. Yeah. Uh, but, like, we, we, you know, we've just said they're in a transitional period. Look into the future. Is Seb Chris going to be our 5'8 long term? God, no, he's not. It's a stopgap solution. And look, results-wise and defensively and whatnot, it, it might be a short-term option where we have more success, but put KO Weeks in there, put Ethan Strange in there and just start building for the future. We're realistically not going to win a premiership this year. I hope I'm wrong and we're replaying this in, you know, nine months' time. We've just won a title, but, you know... Don't hold your breath. No, exactly. So why why stunt the growth of one of these players who, if not both of them, are going to be hopefully a big part of the Raiders' future to put Seb Crisp at 5'8", a position I don't think he's ever played? Yeah. Yep, completely fair. Now, the next guy I want to touch on, um, when I think about uh, the guys in the league that are most important to their sides, I think people straight away go Ponga, Turbo. When we have a look through the rest of that back line, your hookers, your 5'8", your, your fullback options, Fogarty is wildly important to this side now. Yeah, and Jack White at 5'8", obviously got a lot of ball for us in recent years and last year alongside Fogarty. It's... If it wasn't already, well, I think it was Jack Whiten's team last year, Jamal would get us around the park, but when Jack wanted the ball, Jack got it, yep. as he should have. Jamal is the experienced player in this spine. He needs to have a big year. Yep. Even if he doesn't, we could be in all sorts. And I don't even mean, again, like people with big years, scoring tries, setting them up, all this. He just needs to lead and get them around the park, give us direction, Give whoever, whether it's Strange, Weeks, uh, Xavier Savage, whoever it is, 
He's going to have young players around him in the spine. Uh, Zach Wolford included, who's you know certainly older than the rest of them, but he hasn't played a lot of uh, first grade. Last two years, much better. But Jamal needs to lead this side around. Yeah, for sure. Mate, getting into your forward pack, I think a lot of this sort of picks itself. Um, obviously, if we have a look at this pack, Joe Tarpanay picks himself in the front row. Uh, Hudson Young, he is Mr. Canberra at the moment for me. Picks himself on the left edge. Elliot Whitehead picks himself on the right edge. Um, 13 jersey last year went to Corey Horsburgh, big red. Uh, made his origin debut, was sensational last season. I think for me and for us, that's probably the big question mark. Is Horsburgh going to be in the front row or in the 13? Morgan Smithies arrives. Where do you have all them sitting? Uh, what is it, Ricky Stewart roulette in the Ricky forward part? Yep. Yeah, so we we can only largely guess here, but I don't think Morgan Smithies has signed to come over and play off the bench. Yep. I think Joe Tarpany will definitely be the number eight or the ten, whichever way you want to go. I think they'll lean towards Corey Horsburgh at ten, playing him up front, using Josh Papaletti off the bench as a bit of X factor. He's getting older, big Papa, but he can have awesome X factor off the bench. He'll still be one of our best forwards this year, but he's going to play more limited minutes than in the past, like every forward does in the twilight of their career. Uh, and I think that leaves Morgan Smithies probably at number thirteen. I think he could potentially be a big minute 13. I don't think you can expect the world from him, but I think he's going to come out and make 40 to 50 tackles a game and have 15 to 20 runs and just work his ass off. Bit of ball playing about him. I'm excited to see how much ball playing there is about him in the trials, but we know the Raiders have really struggled for a... As soon as they struggled, you know, Ricky's obviously opted to go against that modern-day ball-playing lock in recent years, and it's worked at different stages, but I think they'll try and get a bit more of that in Morgan Smithies. Yep. Uh, what that means for his minutes, time will tell, but I think that's probably 8, 10, 13. Yeah, I was having a look at Morgan Smithies the other day, and I've spoken to three or four guys that played with or against him from the Super League, and they all wrap him galore. They all wrap him. I watched some footage of him the other day, and just, like, to me, it looks tough as nails. Just a very up-and-down sort of footballer. And he'll be a guy we'll talk about in Supercoach because he's reasonably cheap. But the other day, I watched a lot of tape of him. I did not see a single offload or a single tackle break. But he looks tough as fucking nails. And I think he'll... I think teammates wrap him because, again, he's not a star Englishman coming out who's going to bust tackles, offload, score tries, set them up, all these sorts of things. But, you know, he might be in that that Michael Luck mould, the David yep. Stagg mould, Dallas Johnson, just these absolute workhorses who you would just give anything to play uh, alongside. And I'm not saying Smithies is going to be this good. I haven't seen enough of him. But that kind of bloke that you just, you know he's going to give everything for you. He's not going to miss a tackle. He'll be like that, that English John Bateman that just chases, tries to chase down everything that he can, that'll be screaming downfield to, to stop a runaway winger getting a, a, a try under the post to add the, an easy two. I think he'll be all heart. And I think that's what I take from all his ex-teammates saying we love this bloke and we rate him so highly. Uh, a good fit for what the Raiders have done with their grit and their passion the last few years. Now, one thing I wanted to get in the new studio was an alarm system that went off every time David Stagg is mentioned. <laughs> and it's taken 25 minutes of your first episode for him to get a run, which I fucking love. 
How I, good? I was actually on a one of my. I was probably my first podcast ever. Actually, I was working at the Daily Telegraph and did a podcast with a, a mate, Nick Campton, who is one of the all-time diehard Canberra Raiders supporters. And we actually called that David Stag Studio. And I was going to bring that up within the first twenty <laughs> seconds of this podcast. So the fact that it's taken twenty-five minutes. Uh, You've got out of it right. Yeah, stay patient, David Stag fans. <laughs> um, at nine, Wolford, mate. Uh, I think he's the obvious starting choice, right? I think so. I think so, yeah. Danny Levi, Tom Starling. I think Ricky's gone certainly against the Tom Starling starting in recent years, so I'd be surprised if it was him. Maybe Danny Levi, who he started with last year, but Wolford comes in, does a job. He might not play big minutes. He might play 20 to 30 minutes, but looking like it'll be, it'll be Wolford. I think it'll be Wolford. I don't know what – I think Starling, last time he was in the nine jersey, might have spat in Ricky's coffee or something. <laughs> I don't know what's doing there. But, um, mate, the 14 then, out of the other two, who'd be your choice? I mean, who'd be your choice out of Starling and Danny Levi? Or do you find a spot for maybe one of these young guys? My choice would be Tom Starling. Mm. I think him and Wolford can work in tandem well. That, you know, we see this split of hookers in the current day where – think Mitch Kenny and Appy Coruscant, where he'll play, Wolford will play the first 20 to 25 minutes. He's a more solid body, solid defender, and do the dirty work early on. Once there's a bit of fatigue in the opposition, you bring Tom Starling on, who's electric through the middle, really, really just a quick, one of the quickest dummy halves in the game in that sort of Damien Cook mould. And I think that combination works well. You can play Starlow, whether it's in two hits or whether you bring uh, Wolford back on at the sort of 55-minute mark to finish the game. Yep. I like that. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ricky go in the way of Danny Levi, who, you know, he signed him for a reason 18 months, two years ago. And backed him, started with him. So he obviously likes Danny Levi. He was injured last year and missed a big chunk of the season. I don't know which way I'll go. I, I, I almost lean towards him maybe going with Danny Levi. I would go Tom Starling. Yeah, I would go Tommy Starling as well. That leaves us with three bench spots. You mentioned before, Josh Papalee. He shits into one of them. Uh, do we both agree? Emre Gula, just a kid from Mascot, doing his best down there in Canada. Mascot boy, Emre. Yeah, he played for the Jets. I don't know if he's from Mascot. But he I was chatting to him a um, couple of weeks ago, actually, and he was saying that he thinks Canberra's a much better place than Mascot. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, <laughs> mate. Righto. Said it felt more like home. <laughs> he was uh, Emre was part of um, Darren Brown coached a mascot team. They went undefeated for like eight years. He was, part, I, I think he was like a center or a winger in that side. Crazy, jeez. I think it yeah. was him. Might have been Keon Coleman-Tungy and Cam Murray in the same side. Dear Lord, insane. Yeah, fucking crazy. Imagine going up against <laughs> that as a junior. Miss me with that. Yeah. Um, and then the year above, they had Dylan Walker and AFB and Aaron Gray and Tyron Phillips in the same team. It was like a very strong mascot era. Crazy. Far out. Um, do we agree Emre Gula's locked in for a bench spot? Yep. yep. That leaves one more spot. Uh, I've got three names here. Mariato, Solo, Mooney. I feel pretty strong on one of these. Who do you sit on? Bit of deja vu here. 12 months back, we were always having the exact same conversation, weren't we? Yes, yes we were. That last bench spot for the Raiders. We're probably having it in 12 months' time too. Yeah. So can't wait. Yep. I don't know if I'm being completely yep. honest. I loved what I saw from both Mariota and Solo at the back end of last year. Solo, Mariota was good for the majority of last, all of last year, I yep. thought. Solo started to get some decent minutes towards the back end of the season. He just looked awesome. Yep. Uh, I would go between Mariota and Solo. You know, Mooney was all the hype last preseason, had a few 
fluttering moments last year in the top grade, very limited opportunities. I think it's nearly a coin flip between Mariota and Solo. Who, which way are you leaning? Uh, I'm leaning towards Mariota, but the thing that I do like about Solo, and I think they're both very good footballers, I like the body shape of Solo. It just brings something a little bit different to your pack. Mariota is the one, though, that I think he has a very, very big season this year. I He, he looks like he could be your next Josh Papaliti to me. Yeah, and that's, you know... We know that Canberra struggle to attract big-name stars and the superstars of the NRL. What it does mean is that because we're, we don't sort of have big-money players necessarily in our roster, you know, we've lost Jack White now, who was probably our highest-paid player, I'd imagine. Our depth is always good, and our four, forwards are always good because, you know, I don't know these exact numbers, but we might have, you know, a forward pack and the next three players in reserve they might be on a solid 300k or whatever, because we've got that money to spend. Yeah. So, look, we get one injury, we get two injuries, we get three injuries in that pack. We're pretty well placed. I think uh, Trey Mooney is probably the third name there. Uh, I was huge on him going into last season. He was a bit under, he was underwhelming in the year. But I'll tell you what, Timmy, every time I still watch New South Wales Cup, he was going fucking good. He's another one that if he explodes during trials, he could quite easily jump those two, I reckon. Yeah. He, he's the upside of the three. Yeah. Really easily interchanges between edge and middle. Invaluable. And a bit of ball playing about him as well. Yeah. I don't know what... Uh, I'd love to chat to Ricky Stewart and, and go, mate, what are, what are the weaknesses you see in him? Tell us, why is he not getting that spot? Yeah. But you're right. You know, the other two, rock solid forwards, they'll do a great job. Trey Mooney's the one... He has the highest ceiling yep. amongst them. So it's a great position to be in because we have so many options. They're competing against each other. Nobody's locked into a spot. Good place to be in. Uh, mate, as far as the rest of the guys in the extended squad, you'll obviously have one of your three hookers there. Um, Simi Sasagi arrives at the club. I think he'll be a very interesting guy. He's moving into the back row reportedly. Um, sort of I've been a, a centre previously when I've watched him, so he's one to keep an eye on. Um, Peter Holler is there as well, another one that we didn't really mention in the forward pack. I think he's handy. And then, you know, you are going to have potentially a James Schiller, a Nick Kotrick. Um, one of these fullbacks probably misses out. A 5'8", probably misses out. Uh, your cup side is going to look pretty strong just quietly. It always is yeah. for that reason. And, you know, the way the game goes is that the best team in cup is – it obviously starts with depth in your, in your top squad, but who can avoid injuries because it keeps your cup squad strong. Exactly. But yeah. the Raiders always start well because we've got depth. You know, inevitably their injuries are going to happen and that dictates a lot of how that will go. But, said so the depth is great. It always is. And – it fills with a lot of confidence because, you know, there's, there are a lot of squads in the NRL, let's say, like uh, the Melbourne Storm, who their forward pack, their starting pack is solid with question marks. Their bench forwards are questionable. Their depth is extremely questionable. They can't afford to lose someone like Nelson Soffa, Solomona yep. or Eli Katar. You know, you don't want it, but the Raiders can afford to lose them. So it's it's reassuring going into the season. I think the other guy we just need to mention is, of course, uh, Hadawira Nida, mm. uh, who, of course, rumours and whatnot sound like it's not looking too positive mm. for him. Uh, so we do wish him all the very best. Uh, unfortunate how that's played out. Awful, yeah. Uh, that, that obviously mid-game incident last year, very scary one for him. And it doesn't... So we don't know 
what his future looks like, whether he'll get back on the field. But uh, I'm sure it'll be a tough sort of time for him. And fingers crossed we can. Good luck to him. Yeah, and obviously an even sadder one looking at their top 30 here. Troy Dargan still on the list there. And um, I was actually saying before the show, like he would have been one that I would have thrown up as a real smoky to grab that 5'8 jersey, just with a little bit more experience in that side. Uh, so we do wish Troy uh, and uh, his family all the very best during this time. Brutal stuff. Yeah, that's it, mate. He um another really promising footballer and he said I think it was every chance to, to slot in at five eight for us. So uh mate, really tough time for them and their family and on all reports from around the club and, and not even around the club, around the NRL, he just sounded like one of the best blokes yeah. going around. So uh I said, mate, thoughts with uh, friends and family. I think the last thing I'll touch on, mate, Elliot Whitehead retiring next year. I would love to see Ricky Stewart and the staff grab Trey Mooney and go, hey. 12 months' time, that could potentially be your spot if you step it up this year. I'm not sure if he is an edge player, but I think he could make a fist of it. And, geez, you need someone to step into that role. Even like you've seen Elliot White sort of slot into a middle role at times over the last one to two seasons at different stages. And we're so flush with middles that that hasn't needed to happen, but it wouldn't have... He's so valuable on the edge, Elliot Whitehead, because defensively he's one of the best edge back guys in the game... But back end of his career, there are opportunities for him to move into the middle to do that workman-like lock role, but we haven't needed him to. So, you know, we'll see how Elliot goes this year, and I'm sure he'll be fine, but there's no reason why Trey can't start getting a few minutes on the edge this year. Yeah. I think think when Elliot Whitehead leaves, I think he's got a bit of a Felice Cafusi about him. You don't realise how important he is. Probably outside of Raiders fans yep. until he's gone. Lots of Felice Cafusi. That's a great, uh, it's a great example. And um, speaking to Sammy Williams about it over the years, who, who's defended outside Elliot Whitehead, he goes, it was just the best thing ever because his communication was unreal. His scramble and effort to get across to help his, his um, halfback out was just second to none in both that Sam had played with. And... You're correct in that the second he retires, people are going to go, people don't realise how valuable a footballer he was. I think one thing that a lot of fans sleep on is that like a lot of tackling is how tough you are, how brutal you are. A lot of defending, though, is IQ. Yeah. And he's just sky high. There's a lot of very good footballers who, with ball in hand and even just impact in defence, look like they should be superstars. And they fall off the NRL radar because they got no footy IQ and they can't they can't read a play that's coming in front of them. They can't determine where they're going short, where they're going out the back, what the play is going to be. And said Elliot Whitehead and said Kafusi is a great example. They're right up the top of it. They know exactly everything that's going on. They're those sort of back rowers that you can put any centre next to them and their defence improves. Yeah, almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, that will do us for the Canberra Raiders best of it. I mentioned I meant to mention it off the very top, but Bees and Break Evans, of course, returning. January 17. I can't fucking wait. I am dreading episode one. <laughs> shit, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> I've decided this year that we're, uh, we're not actually going to talk about our trade plans so that you can stop copying me. Please. I actually might need to uh, use you throughout the year to hold my third trophy. I'm, I'm getting a bit top-heavy, <laughs> so you might come in handy to have in the studio this year. If we're getting another trophy, you're buying it. <laughs> How good. Uh, we've also, uh, we'll, we'll announce as we get closer, but we have got a new team member joining mm. Beers and Break-Evens this year, uh, the rookie. Big year. Not Tim Williams, different, different, <laughs> different person, different person. So we have got a rookie joining us uh, who has come over from the NRL fantasy world. Big hype. Huge hype, and we're going to guide the rookie 
through the season. Some would say uh, a bit of bit of KO Weeks vibes. A lot, of, KO lot, lot of hype. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Question marks, but I'm confident. Could be anything. It could be anything, yeah. Another CBA. CBA. How good. Timmy, thanks for coming in, mate. I appreciate it as always. Uh, always a chore, never a pleasure. And I will uh, see you next time. Cheers, mate. Up the milk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.